today is Palm Sunday. This is the beginning of the Christian Holy Week. We know that uh, this week is celebrated around the world by every follower of Jesus Christ, beginning with his triumphal entry and going all the way through to his crucifixion, his burial, and his resurrection. The next seven days changed the world. They changed everything about humanity. And we're going to, we begin with the, uh, the story of his entry into Jerusalem. Now, all four Gospels record it, and uh, which tells you right there the significance that's associated with this day. But we're going to read John's version of it, which begins in John chapter 12, verse 12. John says, The next day a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Amen and amen. May God bless the reading of his word. Father, would we ask your divine assistance this morning? And not only ministering the Word of God, but in receiving it as well. Let everyone who's listening, let everyone who hears this broadcast today and who listens to the recording later, let them be touched by the simple power of these words. Let the Word of God take root. Let it bear fruit. Let every heart and mind be challenged today to own Jesus as their King. We ask this blessing in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Palm Sunday is a significant holiday on the Christian calendar. Some of you may have even, I know my wife yesterday was collecting palm branches to to put around the house, and I'm sure right now she's probably holding one in her hands or has one nearby. This is a a beautiful, beautiful ceremony and beautiful ritual that we go through every year to remind ourselves of the significance and importance of accepting Jesus Christ, not only as our Savior. There are many, many who accept him as Savior, but for whatever reason, they never accept him as their king. And, and so we don't want to leave that part off. Yes, he died for us. But he did not stay dead. He lives. And not only does he live, he rules and he reigns supreme. Matthew says all authority in heaven and on earth is now in his hands. We, we often speak of the future tense. We speak of when Christ comes again, then he will rule and reign. But that's not how the Bible presents it. 
The Bible presents him as sovereign ruler and reigner over all the earth, even now, even in this day that we live in. And I, I want to emphasize that point today, that Christ is king. He came, he saw, and he conquered. Now, we look at this story, and sometimes you will hear people talk about uh, that his, his claim here was rejected by the people, and truly it was. They, 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 the nation Israel at this time did not uh, accept the lordship, the kingship of Jesus Christ. But that was not the purpose for which he came in any case. He didn't come just to set up a political authority or, or, or become the, the, the governor of a small province of the Roman Empire. His throne and his kingdom were much higher and greater than that. So when we understand this a little better, we come to realize, and I, I, I emphasize those words at the end of our reading this morning. In verse 16, it says, His disciples did not understand these things at first. How true is that, that when something happens, we're all experiencing something right now. We're experiencing uh, a forced separation, an isolation from one another. I was, you know, as I always am here on Sunday morning, I'm standing in the sanctuary. Actually, I'm walking past these pews as I speak, and I, 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 I see the emptiness all around me. And it's, it's, I tell you, it's, it's, it's grievous to me. I miss my church family. I miss greeting you. I missed uh, hearing the news of your week. I, I miss the fellowship and the physical intimacy of being together as the body of Christ. But you know, as all of these things happen around us, like his disciples, we don't always understand at first. We don't understand at first when these kind of things happen. We, you know, my, my mission as a pastor here, as your shepherd, is to is to try to make sense of the things that are happening in our world today and and try to lead us and lead you in in a path of peace and a path okay. of righteousness and it's not always possible uh to to understand everything or, or why everything happens the way it happens but we can and will understand when we put Jesus in his rightful place. Notice what it says there in verse 16. They did not understand it at first, but when Jesus was glorified. Oh, praise God this morning. When Jesus is put in his rightful place, not only in the church, but in each individual life, then things begin to make sense. Then we begin to understand, church. If Jesus is not in his rightful place in your life, in the life of your family, then it's gonna then you're never really going to understand the things that happen, why they happened and and and, and what becomes of, of the situation that you're in. But when Jesus is put in his rightful place things will become clear. So where the question then gets asked, what is Christ's 
rightful place in our life. Is he simply a savior? Is he simply someone who was sent to die for us, to take away our sins so that one day we could go to heaven? Is that all that Jesus means to us? You would say, well, pastor, that's a lot, and it surely is. Um, and this week, we're going we're gonna to remember that. We're going to take the opportunity to invite you to, to remember that with us this week on Good Friday. And I'll say more about that at the end of today's message. But is that all that Jesus is to us? Just a figure on a cross? Just someone who died in our place? Or is he meant to be more? Church, I believe he is meant to be more and so much more in our lives. He's not only our Savior, but he is our King. And when we rightfully own him as King, when we enthrone him in his rightful place in our life, then things in our life become so much more comprehensible. When we look at life and we look at everything that's happening around us, it's hard. You say, I don't see, I don't see the authority, the kingship of Christ in what's happening. I don't understand why these things are happening. Well, let me encourage you today to remember and under to, to remember and put it in your heart that Jesus Christ was not caught by surprise. God was not unaware of the difficulties that we're dealing with. Today, he's never been caught by surprise. All of these things are part of, of the, 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 the sovereign God's rule and reign over this earth. Now, that makes some of us question what, what kind of things we are to expect if God in Christ is truly ruling and reigning in, in the world today. Well, let me look at, let me look at the scriptures and t- talk about what they teach and what we understand about Jesus and his authority. Psalm 99 says, The Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He dwells between the cherubim. Let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king is mighty and loves justice, has established equity and executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his priests, and Samuel was those, but those who called upon his name. Think about that. Think about that. The same God of Moses, Aaron, and Samuel rules over us today. They called upon the Lord, and he answered them. He spoke to them in the cloudy pillar. They kept his testimonies and the ordinance he gave them. You answered them, O Lord our God. You were to them God who forgives, though you took vengeance on their deeds. Exalt the Lord our God. And worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. When we look at what it means 
to have Jesus as our king, when we look at what it means to be under his rule and reign, we see three things very quickly. One, we see that he is a powerful king. Sometimes, especially when circumstances aren't in our favor, we question, we wonder, we think that things are, 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 are falling apart, that the church is dying. I was, I was uh, uh, talking with someone this week, and, and he asked me, he says, you know, you know I, I don't think the church, a lot of churches are going to survive this situation i think a lot of this is going to be you know the end of 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 a lot of ministries and i thought my god you know if our god isn't able to get us through something like this then then he's really not the god that we think he is i'm here to tell you church our god is powerful our lord and savior our king is an almighty king the church i know sometimes we again like the disciples we don't understand things at first But this is not the first time the church has been challenged. This is not the first time. Throughout history, we have seen many plagues and pandemics, many situations where people said, well, that's the end of it. That's, 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 that's where everything ends. And you know what? Not only has the church endured, not only has the church survived, not only has God's kingdom continued, but it continues to grow and it's become more powerful than ever. I, I, I know it's hard to see it. We're so used to looking at it in the natural sense that, that uh, you know, when we think of a kingdom, we think of, of, of the political and, 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 that's, and the economic, but I'm telling you, church, our king is mighty. He is building his church, and he's building it upon a rock against which the gates of hell shall never prevail against it we serve a mighty mighty king and there is no one like him and his will and his purpose are going to be accomplished everything that he came to do i know some people say well if he was so mighty how did he end up on the cross the cross was his purpose it was how he became king. It was, it was his willingness to go to that cross that made him worthy of the throne. He was not an accident. It was not a mistake. It was Jesus on purpose, on purpose, going to Calvary to break the power of the enemy and defeat once and for all the forces of sin and sickness and, and, and death and hell and the grave. This is a victorious king. He is Christus Victor. He is the victorious Christ. He is the one who overcomes every enemy. When I was, uh, you know, when I, when I was, was preparing this week and thinking about all the things and, and about uh, the condition, you know, of, of the church and everything that's going on. And, and listen, I'm as human as the next person. I know sometimes people don't believe that, but, you know, I, I, I'm standing here now in an empty church. And, and of course, it breaks my heart. I, 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 I look here and I see where things are right now with uh, uh, the, the, the situation with the virus, the economy, so many people now not able to work. And of course, I have my moments, just like everybody else, of, 
of you know how how we're going to get through this, how we're going to to survive this. But I, I can tell you with with a certainty. I don't know. I give God the credit for it. But my faith right now is as high and as strong as it has ever been. I'm not just looking to get by. I'm not just looking to survive. I believe the church is going to thrive. We were built for moments like this, Christians. We were built for moments like this. When the world doesn't have an answer, when the world's ways fail, when all of man's wisdom and all of man's knowledge and all of man's technology and all of man's power comes up short, this is where the church of Jesus Christ is in its glory. This is when we stand up and, say, and, and, and declare the victory and the power of Jesus Christ. I, I think this is really going to be something that galvanizes God's people and reminds us that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. So he is, a, he is worthy because he has the power, power that no one else has, power that no one else in, in human history can attain to, power over life and death. And praise God, now that kind of power would be dangerous in the hands of anybody other than Jesus Christ. But not only is he a mighty king, but I'm here to tell you today that he is a good king. He is great and he is good. He is kind and he is just and he is merciful. Thank God for the mercy of the king. Thank God for the grace of our king. We can trust him, church. We can trust Jesus Christ. I know, that's a, I know that's a very, very basic statement, but how hard it is sometimes to do that. How hard it is. Look to where you're right now. So many people are looking to uh, uh, different things, different areas to, to, to put their faith and their trust in. But we can trust our Lord. We can trust his heart. We can trust his mind. We can trust. There's no one who knows the end from the beginning except our king. Everybody else is wondering, how's all this going to turn out? What's going to happen this week, next week? Everyone else is, is, is trying to, to guess. You, you see them all day, every day on TV, trying to guess, trying to, to, to predict where, where this is going to happen, what's going to happen next, how many it's going to hit here, how many it's going to hit there. But they don't know. They don't know what's going to happen. But our king does. Our king is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He knows all things. Known unto God are all his works from eternity. And he knows exactly what's going to happen today and tomorrow and the next day. And I promise you, he's already there. And he's already preparing a way of peace and prosperity and righteousness for his people through these storms. We can trust him because he is a good and wise king. His intentions toward us are always for our good, always for our benefit. Think through that for just a moment. Think through that for just a moment. Can you say that about anybody else? How many people do you really have in your life 
where you know 100% of the time in every circumstance they have your interest at heart, that they will act in whatever way it takes to make sure that you come through it all right. What a, what a wonderful, how many, how many presidents, how many prime ministers, how many kings of old can we really say have the best interest of their people at heart? How, it's such a rare quality, but we know this about our king. He loves us. He cares for us. Cast all your cares upon the Lord, the scriptures tell us, because he cares for you. Your sufferings are his sufferings. Your weeping is his weeping. Your pain is his pain. He, he is there and has put himself in harm's way for our benefit. How many kings would have left their glorious palace and, and all their divine privilege and come and lived among their own people and not only lived among their own people, but died, died on behalf of their people. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay one's life down for those that they love. And I tell you, church, we have a king who loves us and who has our best interest at heart. Again, like the disciples, we may not understand this at first. And many is the grieving wife, the grieving husband, the grieving parent, the grieving child who has questioned whether God truly has their best interests at heart. But I can tell you, I can tell you, you know, it's, it's, it is when we're challenged this way and, and, and we see the tragedy that's affecting our nation and, and we see the, the, the lives that are being, uh, that are being uh, disrupted. We've seen the, the families that are that are just dealing with with grief and with sorrow and sickness we it's easy in our own mind to question whether god is really on our side and really means for our good and we don't always understand how it gets there but i can promise you this your king your king is on your side he is acting on your behalf and he is committed and able to bring every circumstance and every situation to an ultimate conclusion we don't see it right now but in the ultimate in the eternal everything is working for our good and and that's so many so many times I've looked at a situation and in my very limited understanding said, I don't get this one, God. I don't understand this one, Lord. I don't see how this helps. But now, you know, as, as time goes by, you look back and you realize, oh, now, now I see. Now I understand. You know, we have to, we have to accept the limitations of our knowledge and wisdom. This is one of the reasons why we need a king. We need someone to govern us. Because when we try to govern our own lives, when we do what is right in our own eyes, we always make a mess of it. I can, I can testify to that. Every time I've decided, you know what, I'm going to do what I think is right. I'm going to go with what I, what I, what I think is, is, is the best. 
Oh, oh I, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad how many times that I have been stubborn and stiff-necked and chosen to be my own king and do things my own way. And every single time I've made such a mess of it. But you know what? I've gone back to God and I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I should not have taken the reins there. I'm going to let you govern my life. I'm going to let you be my king and lead me. And you know what? Praise the living God. Praise the living God. He, 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 he gets me out of those messes. He puts my feet back on solid rock and solid ground. And for that, I am so, so grateful. What a wonderful, glorious king that we have. What a blessing it is to call him our king. And then what kind of king would he be if he did not help us deal with the, 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 the attacks of the enemy and the way that the enemy moves against us? He is, I, I was, I was just so, uh, you know, we, 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 it's, you know, I've, I've got to the point now where, uh, we, if you were to watch, you know, the news for more than a moment or two now, you would just be utterly, I mean, I don't know how, how people get out of bed in the morning. I uh, just, you know, everybody's just, you know, uh, the spirit of fear and panic and, and the, 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 the idea that, that everything, that all of society is falling apart is, is, you know, just so dominant in, in, in the airwaves today that I, I just can't, I can't even, I can't even turn half of on sometimes. I'm, I'm not at any, saying, and again, I'm, please understand, I'm not saying that the threat is not a legitimate threat, that people aren't being affected by it, that people aren't are suffering and aren't dying. Of course they are, and, and, and we understand that, and we're praying, and we're, we're believing God to, to, to bring this time of plague to a rapid close. But you know what? For most of us, and I'm, I'm going to want to speak carefully here. For the majority of us, the threat to us right now is, is more spiritual and psychological than it is physical. Most of us, praise God, thank God, you know, we're not sick. We don't have someone in our family sick. We're, we're okay physically right now. But we are being attacked in our minds and in our spirits we are being intimidated. We are being, we're being, we're, we feel like we're under threat. We, we feel psychologically and spiritually that we are vulnerable to something. And I'm just, I want you to understand something, church. Jesus Christ sovereignly reigns over our lives. We can trust him. We can depend on him. He is able to meet any threat that comes against us with overwhelming force. I, you know, I'm a child of the 80s and 90s, and I can still remember General Colin Powell and General Norman Schwarzkopf up there in the, in the, in the uh, early days of the, the desert storm and, and uh, the battle of the first war over in, in the Gulf. And I remember they would use that phrase when, when General Powell was asked, you know, how, what, what the military strategy was for for uh, getting the uh, uh, invading country out of Kuwait, he used the word shock and awe. 
And I remember hearing those words, shock and awe. He, we're going to hit them with such overwhelming force that, uh, that they won't have any choice but to, to surrender and to, and to abandon their invasion. And I'm telling you something. When it comes to the Jesus dealing with the enemy, it is a matter of shock and awe. There is no power like the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which we're going to celebrate next Sunday. And, and there's nothing the enemy can do that can, that can in any way uh, measure up to or overcome the power of Jesus and I, I want your mind to be at peace today. I want your spirit to be at peace today. Your king reigns. He reigns supreme. He is the Lord strong and mighty in bow. He is the king of glory. And you have nothing, nothing to fear. If illness should come to your home, he is still king. Because he is the one who took all of our sickness and illness into his own body. And so... I want to encourage you today to put your trust not just in Jesus Christ as Savior, but to put your trust in him as your king. Let him be the Lord of your life. Let him govern your heart, your mind, your ambitions, your desires. Let him rule and reign supreme over your will. Not my will, but yours be done, oh God. Let him reign and let him reign supremely. You can trust him. He is our shepherd. He will lead us, and he will guide us, and he will keep us and protect us, and he will deliver us from the hands of our enemies. We can trust the king of glory. We join with the crowds of Palm Sunday all across the world. We wave our palm branch, and we shout, Hosanna to the son of David, the king of Israel the king of glory, the king of kings, and my king. And I pray today that he is yours. Amen. Amen. This has been a production of the Lighthouse Church of God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. You are welcome to join us for service by calling 701-801-6266 every Sunday at 10.45 a.m. For more information or to support our ministry, visit our website at www.lhcogfl.org. God bless you. Until next time, this is the Lighthouse Church of God, lighting the way through the storms of life.